Okay, I'm going to come on and say it. I'm just going to say it. Their development is a little bit ahead of the Anaheim Ducks development. Just a little bit. Their AHL team is better. The San Diego Goals are a fine team. There are some good pieces. There's also some pieces that they kind of wish they had back this season. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. There's also been some injuries and there's been some growing pains. With all that said, San Diego showed me something yesterday, at least for part of the game, that I hadn't seen in a while. And that is jump on a jump down a team's throat, especially the Ontario Reign. When you're coming in as the seventh seed, when you're coming in the way the goals came in, you would have thought this would be a two-game sweep, and it still could be a two-game sweep at the hands of the Ontario Reign. It still could be. But if you're a goals fan, you have to love the start they had in last night's game. And this this was a start that I hadn't seen from the goals in, in a long time. 11 seconds into the game, Josh Lapina scored his first of the playoffs, and then a few minutes after that, Hunter Drew scored. At the time of those two goals, the shot attempts were 10-2 to in favor of the San Diego goals. Ontario came out flat. They came out asleep. If you're an opposing team and you see a team just asleep, you need to jump down their throat. That was the best chance for the goals to come out and win this game. And you know what? It For a, for a few minutes... It looked like San Diego was going to come out and win this game. But just to briefly recap what happened last night, San Diego scored the first two goals, and then Ontario, towards the end of the first, they finally woke up, and they were like, okay, we got to get our crap together. So Fagimo scored. Then Austin Wagner scored. I'll talk more in particular about some of these plays later. Wag scored on a shorty. That was bad. Then Sam Fagimo scored his second on a power play. Then Vladimir Kachev scored on a power play in the second period. And then the third period, it was just turnover city. I mean, yes, Trevor Carrick did make it a one-goal game, and it did scare some of the fans. But, oh man, the two turnovers that happened in the third period, those were crucial. Those were very critical in sealing the goal's fate in last night's game. The final score wound up being 7-4, to four, And that doesn't quite tell the whole story. There was a lot of storylines going into this game. You had the return of several players for San Diego since the Anaheim Ducks are out of it. You had Hunter Drew draw in. You had Lucas Dostal start. You had the debut, the debut of Olin Zellweger. And I'll talk about him more a little bit later as well. You also had the return of Simon Benoit. Yeah, he came back. Braden Tracy back at 100%, or what we can assume is 100%. Jacob Perot back at most, I would say mostly 100%, just based on a couple of the shifts he had last night and based on the way that he skated towards the end of the game. I wouldn't say he was 100% back. He has been dealing with injuries, but he was mostly back. So you had the goals at almost, almost full strength. Because they were missing some key guys. I think one guy that they were definitely missing was Charles Buddy Robinson, who's out for this series because he's got a new kid. Yeah, so uh, we have to say congrats to Buddy Robinson on the birth of his child. So we wish Buddy nothing but the best of luck on that. So yeah, he was out. I mean, 
the goals didn't quite have everybody that they would have liked, but they still had a mostly complete team. But Ontario's just too good, and they just have so much depth. That's that's where I'm at with this team. The depth of the Ontario Reign and, frankly, the LA Kings is way better than the Ducks slash goals right now. And this is just honest talk right now. When you look at a team with as many prospects as the Kings, and they're not even all with the Reign. There are still guys that could come back. Alex Turcott just came back on last, or not last night's game, but on the last game of the season. And then you have Jared Anderson Dolan, who's back with the rain. Martin Furk. You have Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward, the hockey player, not the Angels player. Yes, Taylor Ward, the Angels player, is on a different level right now. But this is hockey talk right now. And then, of course, you have Akil Thomas, who's been on a roll. TJ Tynan, who nearly scored 100 points this season. And Matty Valalta. So the rain are stacked. The goals have a good team as well. But they were just simply no match for the Ontario Reign. Uh, the Reign did outshoot San Diego 39-26. to But I'm looking at the shot attempts on this game. For the first eight minutes of the game, San Diego had a 10-2 to advantage. For the last 50 minutes of the game, the shot attempts were 71-39 to in favor of the Ontario Reign. Ontario knows when to pick things up. And I'm I'm just going to have honesty out here. I frankly think that Ontario is going to win game two as well. Because when you look at Lukas Dostal having his worst professional game ever, he allowed six goals. He's allowed six goals before, but he had about 32 or 33 saves. This was six goals in not a complete game on 28 shots. This This was his worst game. I mean, it's not a good time to have your worst game, but it's also not a good time to have the team in front of you just turn the puck over more than once in the neutral zone. So if the goals are going to have any chance, they got to clean this up and they've got to clean it up big time. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission rather quickly, and then we'll really take a deep dive into the San Diego goals as a whole and take a deeper dive into last night's game. But first, let's talk about Athletic Greens. Now, I don't really have a whole lot of free time, and I wanted better gut health, more energy, an optimized immune system, and I hate taking pills. So I wanted a supplement that can be done really quickly, that tastes good, and wanted to see what the hype was about. So I tried Athletic Greens, which absorbs, which means you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And it is optimal before breakfast because it helps support your health, your nervous system, all that good stuff. And it also helps with your focus. Why do I take it? Well, I take it because I want to get healthier. I have a marathon I'm running in six months. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and it's recommended by professional athletes. So if you want to try it for yourself, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. 
all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Coming up after the first intermission, we're going to take a really deep dive into last night's game. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Gulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez as we are breaking down last night's Game 1 between the Ontario Reign and the San Diego Gulls. Now, once again, this is a short series. This is a best of three. So if the Ontario Reign win tonight, then they will clinch a spot in the division semifinals where the Ontario Reign will take on someone. I'll talk more about that a little bit later. First, I want to break down some of the details on last night's game. And I did keep track of shot attempts in last night's game because I thought it'd be interesting to see just how each part of the game broke down. And I want to start with the first seven minutes as I did in the previous segment. The San Diego goals jumped all over the Ontario rain. Ontario, they were asleep. They were asleep bad. And then the rain decided to wake up. And one key play, well, those two key plays that in the first, I thought, oh, this is not going to look good. The first was that shorthanded goal by the Ontario Reign. That was a bad turnover. Nicholas Bruyard was right in the neutral zone and just simply gave up that shorty to Austin Wagner. The goals have a decent enough power play. Actually, I would say it's more than decent enough. That unit out there with Limoge. Limoge is very good on the power play. Elvinus, who did not have a good game. Brent Gates Jr., who had a pretty decent game. Hunter Drew, he looked pretty good last night. Nicholas Bruyard, that was bad. So the way this was set up was it was kind of going around the perimeter, and the goals were being a little bit too patient. They were trying to look for the perfect shot where they they could have simply just put it on net because they had a couple open lanes, and they could have had a couple of shots and just didn't pull the trigger. So that left Nicholas Bruyard kind of high and dry. And what ended up happening was there was a little bit of a bobble of a puck. So it went out to the neutral zone. When Nicholas Bruyard tried to pick up that puck in the neutral zone, that's where Austin Wagner just saw a slight bit of daylight and just tapped at the puck just enough to knock it loose. He outskated Nicholas Bruyard on that one. And I will give Wags credit for this. He protected the puck with his big body which was good. Nicholas Bruyard is, you know, he's not a small guy. But then you have Austin Wagner, who has some height to him, and he has some weight to him. You know, Nicholas Bruyard, he's about six feet. Austin Wagner is six to a buck 85. So Bruyard, he just got beat with the loose puck on that one. Bruyard's only 5'11". And the puck control, but also the body control for Austin Wagner was a great job by him. But Bruyard, he could have used his speed there, and he just could not beat Wags. He may have gotten tired at the end of a long power play shift. That could have happened. So, But the turnover itself, the turnover itself should not have happened. That could have been prevented, and that's just one of those things. Now, granted, the goals could have had other guys in there. I, I thought Greg Patteron could have been in there, but he's out day-to-day with an injury. And just want to mention this really quickly. I did say the goals were mostly there. Buddy Robinson wasn't there, as I mentioned. Greg Patteron was also not there. 
And also, Bo Grew and Axel Anderson, they're still out with injuries as well. So the goals still don't have everyone. And I think they could have used Greg Patteron in last night's game. We'll see if he plays tonight. I mean, I will say for the record that Greg Patteron was around. I mean, he was present. So Greg Patteron could play. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with tonight's roster. As far as other key plays, oh boy, that power play goal by the rain. That was just a terrific play by the Ontario rain, kind of undressing the defense a little bit. And that was not the rain's first unit. That was their second unit out there. We didn't see Firk or Anderson Dolan. We saw the second unit with Turcotte, Wolanin, Ward, Kachev, and Fagamo. And it was Sam who got his second of the game. That power play unit is still pretty decent for Ontario, but I thought San Diego could have done a better job of trying to avoid those high slot chances. Just didn't happen. Second period, another power play goal, but this one was Kachev just undressing the defense on this one. This was about as bad of a PK as I've seen. I don't want to say all season, but it, it just wasn't good. Kachev was given a lot of space. He undressed the defense. The one guy that he really, really undressed on that particular play, and I hate I hate to call players out, but oh boy, just undressing Simon Benoit on that one. Yes, isn't this a, the same Simon Benoit? Yes, this is the same Simon Benoit. You mean this is the same Simon Benoit who had been playing with the Anaheim Ducks a lot of the season? Yes, unfortunately, that's the same guy. Now, Benoit did have a decent year with the Anaheim Ducks. He played in 53 games with the Ducks this season. There were times where he looked quite good. There were times where he just got lost on the defense. And unfortunately, on that play, he looked lost. He looked very lost, especially on that defensive play. Benoit just got really undressed on that play. And at the time, that made it 4-2 Ontario. And then the turnovers started rearing their ugly heads. This, I think, was the biggest difference in last night's game. There was the Brouillard turnover. There was Benoit getting undressed. But then the two turnovers, after that Trevor Carrick goal made it a one-goal game. You had the Lucas Elvinus turnover, also on the neutral zone, by the way. And then you had a give-and-go between Akil Thomas. Akil Thomas did get the steal, Pass it to Taylor Ward and gave it right back to Akil Thomas. So it was a nice give and go, but a bad turnover by Lucas Elvinus. And then the other turnover, at first I thought it was Elvinus, but then I once I saw the replay, like the high def replay, I saw that it was in fact Danny O'Regan who turned the puck over. And this was Nelson Noje just kind of tapping the puck away from O'Regan. And then he had TJ Tynan with the puck. And once TJ Tynan gets control of the puck, it is almost all over for the defense. And in this case, it was all over. This was the goal that knocked Dostal out of the game. Once he saw a streaking Martin Firk, it was all over. Martin Firk just launched one. He wound up and just sped it right past Dostal. Sixth goal given up of the night. That wasn't Dostal's fault. That was O'Regan's fault. The Akil Thomas goal. That wasn't Dostal's fault. That was Elvinus's fault. The Wags goal. The Wags goal definitely was not Lukas Dostal's fault. That was Bruyard's fault. 
So this leaves the question, who do you start in game two? Do you start Dostal or do you start Erickson Eck, who looked decent once he came in? He didn't give up any goals. He allowed no goals in 10 shots. There was that empty netter, short hit, shorthanded. That was it. Overall, it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say who I would start in game two. But if, I mean, from what I've been hearing from fans, like who would you rather start? You know, it's a do or die game. Erickson Eck could get the start. Would I give him the start? I don't know. I don't know if I'd give him the start because Dostal has been your rock. He has been your anchor in goal for most of the season. And you would think that Dostal is not going to have two bad games in a row. We saw what Dostal did in the playoffs last season against the Bakersfield Condors. Dostal started all three games and he looked good in all three games. That was probably his big coming out party. This game was the complete opposite of that. It was his worst game. But I would think mentally he could come back and give up only two or three goals because this is still the Ontario reign. They still are a juggernaut on offense. As for Olin Zellweger, well, I'll talk much more about Olin Zellweger after the second intermission. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. The NBA playoffs are here, the Stanley Cup playoffs are here. Bet Online has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, including the playoffs for both the NHL and the NBA. So if you want to check out the latest lines, head over to Bet Online right now. Once again, that is Bet Online, the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, which is under the umbrella of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. And that's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez and going to give these guys their shout out. They're a local San Diego based band called the Mad Hat Hucksters. So do check them out. All right. So I mentioned that I was going to talk a little bit more about a particular player. That made his pro debut in last night's game in Ontario. I'm, of course, talking about Olin Zellweger, his first professional game with the San Diego Gulls. For those that don't remember, Olin Zellweger was drafted in last year's NHL draft. In fact, he was drafted 34th overall by the Anaheim Ducks. So he made it all the way to round two. I mean, I still don't know how he fell that far back, and the Ducks swiped him up. They were happy to take him. Olin Zellweger has come out like gangbusters, being one of the premier defensemen in the entire WHL in 55 games. He scored a whopping 78 points. In six playoff games, he scored nine points. And yes, Everett was considered a favorite, and I thought they would go far in their playoff run, but they fell pretty short. So in comes Olin Zellweger, flown in, making his pro debut. And you know what? It wasn't a bad debut. His first game out, he scored a point. Granted, this was in garbage time with only 37 seconds left. But hey, you know what? It was an Alex Limoges goal, and Olin Zellweger had a nice pass just outside the crease to Alex Limoges, who scored his first. 
And this is kind of like this. This is cute. And I like this. I mean, yes, it's a seven to four game at that point. There is no chance for the goals to come back. But part of me did like seeing Olin Zellweger celebrate because he knew that was his first pro point. And they did collect that puck for what it's worth. So congrats to Zellweger on his first pro point on assist to Alex Limoges. And I'll ask you, the fans, when it's out of reach like that, do you celebrate it or do you not? Me personally, I I was happy to see Zellweger celebrate it. I mean, it was a little bit weird to see the rest of the goals players just kind of look like, okay, we scored a goal, whatever. And Olin was the only one celebrating. But hey, you know what? When you are a young kid, when you're an 18-year-old making your professional debut in the Calder Cup playoffs, yeah, I would celebrate that because it was a it was a good assist. It was a good primary. I'd be celebrating too. So good for him. Really good for him. Some takeaways from Olin Zollweger's game. Now, first off, he didn't play that much in the first period. In fact, I think Joel Bouchard was kind of easing him into it. And at the time in the second period, Ontario was starting to hit a little bit more. So I do understand not playing him that much in the first and even the second period. In fact, there was one stretch in the second period where things were getting really rough. And great awareness by Zellweger to avoid a couple of hits, including one potentially big hit. And I remember looking to my right going, oh, he just avoided one. That's good awareness. Good on him. You don't want to be out there and be stuck in no man's land. So Zellweger played pretty decent defense. In fact, he was the only defenseman out there that had a positive plus minus, although people don't look at that stat. But you know what? Zellweger, for the most part, he was pretty defensively aware. He was pretty responsible throughout the time that he was out there. He, by average, I would say he got maybe 40 seconds per shift, which isn't bad. He had one long shift, but the skating looked good. He's not, I, I wouldn't say he's quite as fluid as Jamie Drysdale, but he ranks up there. I think he's the second best defensive skater that the Ducks have in their system right now, second only to Jamie Drysdale. But Zellweger's skating is among the best for the Ducks' prospects. Can you imagine if Zellweger and Drysdale paired up on a defensive pairing? They would be skating circles around everybody else, and they would be able to catch up to pucks, which is what Zellweger did at one moment in the third period where there was kind of a 50-50 puck, and Zellweger's speed got him the puck and got him a pretty decent outlet pass. I forget who that pass was to, but there was a couple key plays where I thought, Zellweger looks pretty good. Is he ready to be a duck? No. Is he ready to be a full-time goal? No. Does he still need more seasoning? Mm, That's hard to say. I'm going to say probably. He does have one more year of juniors that he could play. He will be turning 19 years old on September 10th. And for me personally, another reason to love the kid, we share a birthday. Born on September 10th. Just like me, just like Troy Terry. So Virgo Hockey Players Unite. Whoa, whoa, what's up? But Zellweger, he, he looked good. I would like to see him play in San Diego next season as well, but I don't know if that's going to happen. But we'll see. Time will tell. Um, As far as Everett, I think he's outgrown Everett. I wouldn't be surprised to see Zellweger have the Mason McTavish treatment. I wouldn't be surprised 
if he played nine games with the Anaheim Ducks next season and then played the rest of the year and just dominates in juniors because he does have that one more year that he could play in the WHL. So time will tell. Let's see what happens. But also don't forget, Zellweger played in the WHL as a 16-year-old and looked pretty good there too. He's really come into his own. He has found his game. And as the game wore on last night, he was starting to find his rhythm and be in a pretty decent pairing along with, okay, he was in a pairing with Brogan Rafferty. Rafferty had an okay game. Zellweger got better as the game wore on. I don't think Joel Bouchard is going to go five defensemen for most of the game again tonight because there were moments in the first and second where those five defensemen got tired. You had Larson and Benoit. One of them was double shifting because Zellweger wasn't out there the whole time. You would have Larson with Rafferty at times when Zellweger was on the bench. I think it. W- I think I counted four shifts in the first period for Zellweger, and that was it. So hopefully the goals will remedy that for tonight's game, and we'll even see if Greg Patteron plays tonight. So that that will remain to be seen. All right, a couple other notes from last night, uh, and this is kind of going around the league. Henderson lost to Colorado badly, five to two. So Colorado's up in their series. And last night, with a late goal from Cooper Marodi, the Bakersfield Condors swept the Abbotsford Canucks. 3-2 was the final score, so that means Abbotsford is eliminated, and Bakersfield advances to the next round to take on either the Ontario Reign or the Stockton Heat. Because, yes, I'm going to assume that Ontario is going to win this series. San Diego is just very much outclassed. But if San Diego comes back and wins those two, the goals would play Stockton and Bakersfield would play either Colorado or Henderson. But I'll talk more about possible matchups on tomorrow's podcast because we still have tonight's game. It is the only game in the AHL tonight. So for those of you that live in SoCal, if you want to see the future of the Ducks, come on out to Ontario tonight. I'll be there. There will be plenty of San Diego fans there. So do come on out and enjoy some fun hockey. All right. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Thanks for coming out to Goals Thursday, although we will have goals coverage tomorrow as well. And I will break down game two of this opening round matchup between the Ontario Reign and the San Diego Goals. Will the Ontario Reign sweep or will the Goals force a winner-take-all game three That will take place next Monday at Toyota Arena. Once again, thank you all. And thanks for all your kind words over the past couple of weeks. They have been greatly appreciated. Uh, Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms. And don't forget to check me out on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. And the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. For Locked On Goals, I'm J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the afternoon. Hopefully, I will see you at Toyota Arena tonight. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks and gulls fly together.